This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and the internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Do you have an advisor when it comes to your finances? Jesus spoke about money quite often. You're invited to stay with us for Pastor Steve Kramer's message, How to Handle Money. Today we're going to be covering one of Jesus' favorite topics, money. I hope you'll stay with us as we gain some valuable insights from him about managing the resources that we have. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, giver of all good gifts, we are in worship today to praise you for your goodness, grace, and mercy. But we also want to grow in our faith so that we may serve you more and more. Teach us through your holy word today what your will is for our lives. Amen. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise Him for His thy health and salvation. And breath come now with praises before 
Today's reading is from Luke chapter 16, verse 1. Jesus told his disciples, There was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, What's this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, What shall I do now? My master's taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. Hmm. Oh, I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors, and he asked the first one, How much do you owe my master? 800 gallons of olive oil, the man replied. The manager told him, Take your bill, sit down quickly now, and make it 400. Then he asked the second, And how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. And he told him, Take your bill and make it 800. Now the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves, so that when it is gone you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness, drive the dark of doubt away. Giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. Reflect thy rays Stars and angels Sing around thee Center of unbroken praise Field and forest Vale and mountain Flowery meadow Flashing sea Chanting bird and flowing fountain Call us to rejoice in
Julie and I recently had a meeting with our financial planner, Tim, on how to best handle and invest our finances for the future. Now, in the past, we have found him to be wise and a man of integrity, so we trust him and follow his recommendations. We know we need all the guidance we can get when it comes to managing our money. So we're grateful for him and his instructions. But this person is not our only financial planner. There's another individual who actually talked a lot about money during his ministry. And we have learned along the way that he has plenty of valuable things to teach us about having and using money wisely. And his name is Jesus. In fact, we have him talking about money with his disciples in today's passage. He, he's teaching those who follow him about how to best use the money and possessions and other resources that they have. The teaching begins with a parable about a dishonest money manager. It appears that his job was overseeing an estate as well as doing some bill collecting. His rich boss finds out, though, that this manager has been wasting his possessions, that he's dishonest. So the master tells him he's fired. Go fetch your accounting books, turn them in for an audit, and be on your way. We are done. Now, as the rich master walks away, the, the manager asks himself, what do I do now? I'm losing my job. I'm about to be put out on the streets. What about my future? I'm not strong enough to dig ditches, and I'm too proud to beg. As he thinks about it, a light bulb goes off in his head. Ah, I know what I'll do, so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses, and I'll be taken care of. And he carries out this very shrewd and prudent plan. He calls in a couple of his master's debtors, big-shot farmers with big-time debts, and gives them a significant reduction on those debts by actually giving up his own commission. And he's probably inferring to them that, hey, I talked my boss into giving you a generous reduction on your bill. So, of course, they're thrilled and grateful. Now, the manager has won the goodwill of those debtors towards his master, and most importantly, to himself. Now he'll be taken care of by these guys. Who knows, maybe even be hired by one of them. Jesus' parable ends rather strangely. He goes on to say, And the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. Why the commendation, do you suppose? It wasn't for his dishonesty, no, but for his foresight using his financial expertise to make friends for himself and thus be taken care of in the future. Jesus then comments, For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light, meaning disciples of Jesus. So what in the world is Jesus teaching us here? Is he telling us to be dishonest in our dealings with others? Absolutely not. Thou shalt not steal still applies in his kingdom. Now, Jesus is not commending dishonesty, dishonesty in, in this parable. He's commending the wise and shrewd use of money with our future in mind, the big picture, eternity. 
Following this strange little parable, Jesus gives us three applications for it. He says, I tell you, when it comes to managing money and the other resources God has entrusted you to work with, here are three things to put to work in your life. First, be generous with it. Use it for the care and welfare of others. He says, use what God has given you to gain new friends for yourselves. He's talking about those who are needy, who need our help, our generosity, so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Now, Jesus is not talking about buying your way into heaven. We know a person can enter heaven only by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. But Jesus is talking about hearing a well-done, good and faithful servant from God and perhaps even from the lips of those who are touched by your generosity as you tangibly reach out to them in Christ's name with your finances. Next thing he says is be trustworthy. Be trustworthy with what God has given you to manage. Money management that is faithful to God, Jesus says, will lead to spiritual rewards. Listen to his words again. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling world wealth, who will trust you with true riches? He means the treasures of the kingdom of God. And he says, and if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, meaning God's property, who will give you property of your own? He's talking spiritual heavenly rewards. Finally, Jesus says, uh, be careful. Don't wind up serving money. Don't let it become a God in your life. That's idolatry. You can't serve and love both God and money. So don't even try. No servant, Jesus says, can serve two masters at the same time. It just will not work. So he's saying, choose God as your master and keep money in its proper place. Serve the giver and not the gift. Now, money isn't the root of all evil. But loving money is, Scripture says. And it can lead you away from loving the one true God who has said, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. Satan loves to use temptation like money to get us away from worshiping God. Each one of us then needs to be constantly asking ourselves and perhaps even turning to someone who knows us well enough and loves us enough to tell us the truth, these questions, am, am I handling my money or is my money handling me? Or the question, who or what am I living for and serving ultimately? And does my spending and priorities give evidence that I love God, that he's at the center of my life? It's all too easy to get off track and fool ourselves in regard to this subject. Christian author uh, Kyle Eidelman addresses this in his book, Gods at War. He writes, money has grown to be so dominant in our culture that it's difficult for us to stand far enough back to get a perspective. No matter what we may say, many of us live as if the pursuit of wealth is the real goal of life. We pay lip service to the idea that money isn't that important, but how we spend our time and what we pursue seem to reveal our true belief. 
And money is a tough and demanding taskmaster. When it, when it takes over a life, it, it'll ruin it. As, as you pursue it at the expense of family relationships and personal values and your relationship with God. So Jesus says, choose God to be at the center of your life. Why? Because he's the one true God in whom we live and move and have our being. As the designer, he knows what makes our lives work best. And he's a generous and faithful master, not stingy and uncaring towards us. He, he knows us and values us, created us in his image. He loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to the cross to redeem you and make you his own. Serve him and not the temporary riches and pleasures of this world. There are two profound truths I see here for us to apply to our lives. First, we need to keep in mind that we're the managers, not the owners of what we have. That is so easy for us to forget. God has provided us with resources to manage for his glory and honor. And as the hymn so accurately says, all that we have is thine alone, a trust, O Lord, from thee. So you and I have been entrusted with all that we have, our money, our possessions, our time, our abilities. You could say that it's on loan to us from God. So th this truth calls for a change of attitude towards how we handle our money. We manage it for God and his purposes. I'm reminded of a story I came across about a man who was nearing retirement back in 2009 he had a modest income and built a modest uh, retirement account to retire on. He, like a lot of people, though, suffered a huge financial hit on his retirement account when the economy tanked that year, you remember. When his adult son asked him how he was feeling about losing so much of his money, he just smiled at him and said, well, it wasn't mine to begin with. And then he quoted a Bible verse from Philippians, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. That's what Jesus is pointing us towards, that attitude. And that's a tough one to hang on to. We think that we've earned what we have and that uh, it's ours. Sometimes, though, I think it's important for us to try this little exercise of taking a day and, and, and intentionally go through it, going through it, telling yourself and recognizing that everything is God's, that you're getting out of God's bed in the morning and walking into God's bathroom and turning on God's shower and then putting on God's clothes and eating God's cereal and drinking God's coffee and getting into God's car and heading to God's work. Now, the second truth we're given that's important here is, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are called to be trustworthy in how we manage these things God has given. We wisely and generously use our resources to gain new friends. He's saying here, when he talks about gaining new friends, he says, he's saying, be God's faithful manager by serving others with your resources, always keeping an eternal perspective as you do so. You see, your generosity could lead them to eternal dwellings, Jesus says, salvation in Christ, heaven. 
Our giving to various ministries like the local church or agencies that meet, meet human needs in Christ's name or seminaries or missionary organizations, our giving to these things not only says to God, I love you, Lord. It also says to the needy world that needs Jesus Christ, I love you and care about you, and so does our God. It can actually bring others to Jesus and the eternal life he came to give. So, I'm going to end this message today with a Christian song that I believe really captures the gist of today's passage. It's entitled, Thank You. I dreamed I went to heaven and you were there with me We walked upon the streets of gold Beside the crystal sea We heard the angels singing Then someone called your name You turned and saw this young man And he was smiling as he came And he said, friend, you may not know me now then he said, but wait You used to teach my Sunday school When I was only eight And every week you'd say a prayer Before the class would start And one day when you said that prayer I asked Jesus in my heart was changed Thank you for giving to the Lord I am so glad you gave Then another man stood before you and said Remember the time A missionary came to your church pictures made you cry you didn't have much money but you gave it anyway well Jesus took that gift you gave and that's why I'm here today generosity little things that you had done sacrifices made unnoticed on the earth in heaven now proclaimed and I know that it up in heaven you're not supposed to cry but I'm almost sure 
There were tears in your eyes As Jesus took your hand And you stood before the Lord And he said, my child, look around you Great is your reward Thank you for giving to the Lord I am a life that was changed Thank you for giving to the Lord I am so glad you Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for everything that you have given us. Help us, O oh, merciful Father, to be good managers of those things that you have uh, put in, at our disposal. May we use them well to your glory and your honor. Amen. bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. You've been worshiping with the radio and the internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. So what do you think? Is money the root of all evil? Or is the love of money the real problem? We can't serve two masters. We hope and pray you choose to serve the giver and not the gift. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit, listener-supported ministry dedicated to serving the spiritual needs of those unable to attend worship in the church of their choosing and all others who have a desire to hear the word and deepen their understanding of God's plan of redemption and salvation for us all. Your financial support of this ministry is always appreciated. Send your gifts to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Or visit our secure and user-friendly website at christiancrusaders.org. You'll find links to past broadcasts, daily devotions, conversations with interesting Christians, and our website is a convenient and safe way to use your credit card to support our ministry. We urge you to prayerfully consider becoming a monthly contributor to Christian Crusaders. 
We are happy you chose to worship with us today, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was Pastor Steve Kramer, speaker on Christian Crusaders, broadcasting gospel-oriented, Christ-centered biblical truths since 1936.